Stay seated. We're going to do something different. <clears throat> Otherwise, you get stuck in a routine. Yeah, I'll sing. Darcy's going to back me up. I might back her up. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> it's uh first song by the Rivers of Babylon. You heard this song probably if you lived back in the 60s, early 70s. It was on popular radio all the time. It was a hit tune. Maybe not the way we're going to play it, but it was a hit tune back in the day. But when I sobered up and got off dope, I was surprised to find out that it was actually Psalm 137. And uh, all of us hippies were just singing away, you know, and it's out of the Bible. And the last part of it's out of Psalm 19, which is the great testimony about heaven. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, too. But So we're going to sing it the way that I do it, because that's... That's the way I would do it if I was going to do it. And, uh, you know, the people of Israel, they weren't praising God. And they got carried off into captivity. They, they were doing all kinds of bad stuff. You can read the Bible. It's in there. And the Assyrians came in and took them away in 722. And then 150 years later or so, in 586, Nebuchadnezzar came in and finished the fuel that were left and said, There. If you're not going to serve God, you're going into 70 years. Anyway, this psalm was written when the children of Israel were on the rivers of Babylon. And that's what it's all about. And it's actually the first three or four verses of the, of the you know, the psalm. Yeah. Okay, I think we're still good. This one string's been giving me a fit, so we're good. <clears throat> so how many know it? That's what I thought. I taught it to Darcy earlier, so we're good. We're good. You can do it. It's it's very simple. It's almost like singing kids' music. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yeah. song. Now how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? There the wicked carried us away into captivity required from us a song. Now how can we sing the Lord's song in a of our heart be acceptable in thy sight here tonight 
But the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight here tonight. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. fun song anyway but Dorothy was saying well, it's, it's kind of a fast song but it's a sad song it's got really sad words but it's really fast it really messes with your emotions and I, I think they did that on purpose to kind of demonstrate the confusion that existed when they said sing us a happy song of your God and your country and it's like we can't but maybe if we had our praise on a little more often we could so Don Williams. Anybody know Don? <clears throat> Lord, I hope this day is good. I'm feeling empty and misunderstood. I should be thankful, Lord, I know I should. But Lord, I hope this day is good. Lord, have you forgotten me? I've been praying to you faithfully. I'm not saying I'm a righteous man, but Lord, I hope you understand. I don't need fortune, I don't need fame. Send down the thunder, Lord, send down the rain. But if you plan it just how it could be, plan a good day for me. I'm feeling empty and misunderstood. I should be thankful, Lord, I know I should. But Lord, I hope this day is good. You've been the king since the dawn of time. All that I'm asking is a little less crime. My 
might be hard for the devil to do, but it would be easy for you. Lord, I hope you stay good. I'm feeling empty and misunderstood. I should be thankful, Lord, I know I should. But Lord, I hope you stay good. Lord, I hope you stay good. Lord, I hope this day is good. Yeah, it's a good song. Simple song, simple people. Um, we really ought to be praying more, be talking to the Lord more, and just being thankful. I know I ought to be thankful, and we should be. should be thankful. Of all the people on the planet, shouldn't the Christians be the most thankful that there is? We should. And uh, here's an old hymn. I think you all like old hymns. I found this hymn. I heard it the first time about three months ago at uh, Hope Church when I was over there. And they sang it. It's 493 in their hymn book, in case you're wondering. But it's such a great song. It's got such good words. And it should be, I hope, true of every one of us here tonight. So... Traveling days are done. 
I looked to Jesus, and I found in Him my star, my son. And in the light of life I'll walk till my traveling days are done. Till my traveling days are done. Till my traveling days are done. Psalm 150 is uh, going to be read by Dwayne. All right, Psalm 150, 1 through 6. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, there it is. Uh, it says, praise the Lord. You know, I was thinking about this all week that Praising God is just something that we get to do. Yep. There's so many out there that don't praise God because they don't feel they can. And we get to. It just, it's good. It is. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thirteen times it says praise in that psalm. It has the idea of to be clear, originally of sound, but it's been used of color as well. To shine, to make a show, to boast, uh, and thus be glamorously foolish. Sounds kind of odd, doesn't it? Somehow praise is being glamorously foolish. Well, to rave and to celebrate. That's Strong's concordance definition of the word. It has to do with just really being happy and jumping up and down and uh, repeating the things that you know are true about God. And the uh, first time the word was used in the Old Testament was when Abram went down to Egypt and had Sarai with him, his wife. In chapter 12, verse 15, it says, The princes also of Pharaoh saw her, and they commended her before Pharaoh. Commended is the same old Hebrew word. It gives you the idea that she was praiseworthy. I mean, she was worth talking about. She was to shine and to show. And to, I mean, these people were going crazy. They were all beside themselves about the beauty of this woman. So much so, they princes ran back to Pharaoh and said, man, this woman needs to be in your harem. I'm pretty sure that's what that was all about. And you read the story, and Abraham was trying to protect himself from evil by... But anyway, you think, okay, so... Praise the Lord, and we're supposed to use that word to praise the Lord when it's about the beauty of some woman, the first time it was ever used. Isn't that kind of odd? And then the next time it's used is when they take Samson into the temple of Dagon, the fish god, you know, the guy that wears a funny little hat, got the long thing, looks like a scaly fish thing, Dagon. 
we have little Dagon emblems on our window there. See all those little fishes? Those are Dagon symbols right on our church stained glass window. Isn't that evil? But yeah, that, those are the, that's the symbol of the fish. You've seen it on bumper stickers. The Christians ride around with it. Those are all Dagon symbol, symbols. And yet, nobody knows it, but don't get me started on that subject. So anyway, they're in the Dagon temple, and, uh, and they bring Samson out, and they're celebrating, and they say in Judges 16, when the people saw him, they praised their God, for they said, our God has delivered him into our, hand, into our hands, our enemy, and the destroyer of our country, which slew many of us. <clears throat> and so they were rejoicing and excited. They were having a party up in that house. If I remember right, there was about 4,000 of them partying because Samson took them all out on his last step. And uh, there was a great big uh, rave party, I guess is what they call them today, isn't it? Isn't that interesting? They call it a rave party, where they all just sort of descended in the same place and had this big gathering, and they're singing and dancing and carrying on. And uh, praise the Lord. Well, th now the first two examples are really examples of the human thing, the kind of stuff that excites humans. So it, what we should do is try to translate that everyday life happiness stuff to our God. And I think that's the whole point of it. When you start talking about the beauty of His holiness and who He is and how victorious He has been at Calvary, there's a lot of things that kind of get us started with the way the word was used. The word for Lord is J-A-H in the Old Testament, but when you put that word together with the Hallel word, that it sounds in English like hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That's what it is. And that's, that's what the first couple of verses are about, like, praise the Lord in his sanctuary. And just get outrageous, get happy, get excited. When David brought the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem, they were dancing and singing and blowing horns and carrying on. They were just all excited. And who was doing the criticizing? The unsaved people were. That's kind of like what Dwayne was getting at. You know, They were. Praise him in the firmament. His mighty firmament, the end of verse 1. Well, that is the arch of the sky. Now, we don't get much of that around here because we have too many trees. But you go out to Kansas or Montana, you come up over a horizon a little bit, you're going to see the firmament, the whole arch, everything your eye can take in. That's where he dwells. That's his spot. He owns that. We're going to praise him there. We're going to get up and dance and sing and shout and carry on and raise our arms. And Well, wait a minute. We don't do that in this church. <laughs> But that's, that's kind of where it, where it all comes from. And uh, anyway, it's, it's, that's the thing. It's like praising God in the fullness and the bigness of all that he is. Now, Psalm 19, let me show you this. The heavens declare, that is, they count and they recount the glory of God. The firmament, same word, shows his handiwork. And the word shows is to stand out front. So when you, you come up over the horizon, boom, there it is. It's right out front for everybody to see. And make no mistake about it, what you're looking at is the God stuff. It's all right there. The firmament shows, stands out. And the day to day and day after day, it utters. It flows, it pours out, it gushes forth, it bubbles up, it ferments. It's a talking thing. It's making speech. It re And then you go to night to night, 
It reveals knowledge. Now, here's what that word reveals means, which is very, very, very interesting. To tell, declare, show, make known, and to breathe. What? Well, try to say a word without breathing. You know, you really can't do it. It takes air. And when God spoke the world into being, he did it with his breath. And the last verse in our psalm today says, Let everything that has breath praise him. And everything that has breath has been given that breath by him. But when we stand out underneath the firmament at night and look at what's up there, it should not only take our breath away, but it is the breath of knowledge that fills our souls with the fact that there is a God out there somewhere. How do you know that? Well, because Psalm 19 says so. And in verse 3, there's no speech or language where the voice of them is not heard. There is nobody on the planet that has an excuse to say, I didn't know there was a God out there. Not according to Psalm 19, because God has been speaking through creation for a long time. When you get to verse 2, it's praise him for his mighty acts. A mighty acts. In the Old Testament, the, the mighty valor, the victories, the bravery of our God, uh, the uh, abundance of his greatness in delivering and re-delivering and helping people. But what is the greatest thing that's been done since those days? The greatest thing that God has done. Anybody know? Amen, sister. Death, burial, resurrection. It's Jesus. God has spoken these last days in his son. The one who suffered and died paid for sin. It's the greatest of all. So next song is, uh, what is it? He looked beyond my fault. Make sure this dead string is where it belongs. Okay. <clears throat> it's a noise. Is a guitar out there? Can you hear it? All right. All of a sudden, my ear went bad. Amazing grace shall always be my song of grace. For it was grace that bought my liberty. why he came to love me so. He looked beyond my fault and saw my need. I shall forever lift my eyes to Calvary to view the cross where Jesus died for me. Song of praise, for it was. 
set for my liberty. I do not know just why he came to love me so. He looked beyond my fault and saw my Yeah, Calvary is a wonderful thing if you get Calvary in your soul to realize that God so loved us that he paid our debt. So when we don't have our praise on all week long and we aren't thinking right about certain things and we aren't getting it right and life isn't going well, man, it's all been paid for. It's all covered. You know, uh, the rough spots will be made smooth because of what Christ has done for us. The, the valleys will be lifted up and the mountains will be laid low. There's going to be an easy walk all the way home. That's the way it's going to be. And so there's a lot for us to praise Him about. Well, verses 3, 4, and 5 tell us how to get that done. It's a get out the get box, man, and bang on it. So make some noise. Horns and trumpets and lutes. One, the one thing there, it says uh, bag and twang. What in the world? That's what it literally means, a bag and a twang. So I don't know if they meant blow the bag up and pop it or if it was uh, uh, like a mandolin-shaped thing or a teardrop. Or if they had bagpipes, I don't know. But this is a twang, you know, a stringed instrument. I got that part down, I think. Well, you know. But the Jews, they, they forgot. They just forgot. And they started looking at other things and silver and gold and dumb cattle and whatever. I mean, they were doing child sacrifice one time for a while. You knew that? Israelites. God's people, so to speak. It's crazy. They forgot how to dance. They forgot where the timbrel was. They forgot who the, where God was in the firmament. They forgot. And they were carried off. And that's why we sang that song at the beginning about uh, Babylon. I think, wouldn't it be good if we could always remember to uh, be praising? You know, just be overly excited and celebrating. Clanging cymbals, you know, like having a big gong in your living room and just bong, bong, get that. And uh, I think the whole idea behind it is more of a parade, of just getting a real parade going uh, to God's glory. Just everybody in the area, let's just go bang on stuff and we did that when we were kids with pots and pans, you know, and just drove mom crazy. But it's easy to do when uh, 
times are good. Solomon said that in chapter 12 of Ecclesiastes. He said, Lord, I hope that I'm not so rich that I forget who you are. It's kind of funny that Solomon said that at the end of his life. You know what I'm saying? Because he, uh, he kind of was very, very rich, and he did forget. And I think and when you read Ecclesiastes, he's remembering to get back to praising God. Remember now your creator in the days of your youth. Get it right. And he also said, and don't make me so poor that I rob and steal. But somewhere in the midst of days, you know, our days when we're working and trying to get along and nothing seems to be going right, you know, at least three appliances will conspire against you at one time and they all blow up the same day. It's just how they do it. Septic tank, furnace, electric system. <laughs> I almost have my house back together. <laughs> That's been a two-year battle with that deal. You know, and in the midst of that, though, do you remember to give thanks and to be happy and to praise God? Yeah, not so much. I mean, we go to church on Sunday, and we do it then, right? <clears throat> now, Amy Grant wrote a song a few years back that was pretty popular. It was about saying hallelujah in a glib manner because it's pretty easy you know just use a bunch of god talk and act all spiritual oh hallelujah praise the lord you know and nobody believes you it's like whatever and should we be that way or what what really impresses god the most that kind of glib behavior and verbology or an honest cry you know something from the heart and that's what this song is about. So uh, you, you, some of you probably know this song, don't you? It was on the radio for a long time, years ago. But... <clears throat> church bell ringing 
better than a choir singing out, singing out. We pour out our misery, and God just hears a melody. Beautiful the mess we are, it's the honest cries of breaking hearts are better than a hallelujah. The mess we are, it's the honest cries of the breaking heart. Better than a hallelujah. Better than a hallelujah. Better than a hallelujah. Verse 6 says, let everything that has breath, you know, the, the breath of God. Psalm 19, we looked at that one. It reveals knowledge, the breath knowledge, the breathing of God. He spoke and it was. Verse Psalm 33 says exactly that. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. And all the host of them, by the breath of his mouth. Let there be light. Boom. Let there be land. Boom. Just by speaking. Another old hymn. Do some singing tonight. This is my father's. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, that's way too low. Let's do this. Let's... This will make it, it's bad enough without being too low. This is my father's word, and to my listening ears, all nature sings and around me rings the music of the spheres. Father's world, the battle is not done. 
those who died shall be satisfied in earth and heaven be one. Amen. Okay, this is a poem by Cecil Francis Alexander called All Things Bright and Beautiful. <clears throat> all things bright and beautiful, all creatures great and small, all things wise and wonderful, the Lord God made them all. Each little flower that opens and each little bird that sings, he made their glowing colors and made their tiny wings. A rich man in his castle the poor man at his gate. God made them high and lowly and ordered their estate. The purple-headed mountain, the river running by, the sunset and the morning that brightens up the sky, the cold wind in the winter, the pleasant summer sun, the fruit ripens in the garden, amen. He made them every one. The tall trees in the green wood, the meadows where we play, the rushes by the water, we gather every day. He gave us eyes to see them and lips that we might tell how great is God Almighty who hath made all things well. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. <clears throat> One more story. 1776. Uh, Thomas Jefferson and John Adams signed the Declaration of Independence. Adams went on to be the second president of the United States, and Jefferson was his VP. Back in those days, the loser became second, second place, became the vice president. So, very interesting arrangement. I kind of wish it was that way today. But somehow we changed it. But that's not even the sermon. <laughs> so, Adams... And Jefferson, because they were on opposing parties during that election, they didn't get along real well as the view of the country and how things were going. And so they, they kind of weren't really enemies, but they weren't really friends. They weren't talking, and it went on for a long time. And I think some guy by the name of Dr. Benjamin Rush, uh, I think he was one of the signers also, he eventually talked the two of them into at least start writing letters again, and so they did. And they made peace with each other after a long fashion. Now, in uh, 1826, the last two signers of the Declaration of Independence died on the same day, July 4th. Adams and Jefferson both died the same day. Isn't that amazing? I have no idea why, but that's what happened. But three years before they passed away, a guy by the name of Marquet de Lafayette came to town. Now we have roads and things all over the country named after Lafayette, towns and villages and whatever. Because he was a little French guy that came over to help His Excellency George Washington win the war. And when he came in 1823... It was a long time after the revolution. And uh, in, a, in a book written by Sarah Vowell, I don't know where the notes went, but did I lose that? How can I read it if I lost it? Yeah, I'll tell you what it says. 
the uh, the Charlottesville Gazette took note of when Lafayette and Jefferson got together when they met for the first time after like 45 years so anyway Lafayette got off his coach and Jefferson is 80 years old at this time and quite feeble and he'll be 83 when he passes away in about three more years but he he saw Lafayette and he his excitement, he, he started walking faster and dropped his cane and he got over there and Lafayette jumped down off the cane, the coach he was on and he ran to Jefferson and they're hugging and they're crying and all the people around are crying and there's no noise being made. There's just the sound of sobbing people because uh, Lafayette and Jefferson have come together. And then uh, one of them says, God bless you, Jeff, uh, General. And the other one says, and may God bless you, Jefferson. And that was the beginning of their reunion. It's a cool piece of our history. It's really fascinating. I just really enjoy it. But let me ask you this. Will we be happy to see Jesus as Jefferson was to see Lafayette? You know, I, it's it's interesting, and it's a good question. Because if we're going to get our praise on during the week and when during hard times and everything, I think we have to remember that Jesus is coming back. He didn't leave us here as orphans. He's fixing a place up, the really big house thing where they play football. We talked about that before. You know, I mean, he's making a place for us. And it's just as secure as the sun coming up in the morning because day to day it utters speech and night to night it shows this knowledge, it reveals, it breathes the knowledge of God. He's coming again. And uh, so much stuff in our lives, it kind of gets in the way and it blurs our vision. Now we know about it, you know, we know it's going to happen and we believe in, in it, but yet, Somehow, we just lack the reality of it to really believe and trust and look and have a desire in our heart, you know, to just, man, even so, Lord Jesus, come. Now, in these days, I mean, with Israel on fire and Palestine on fire and all that, I mean, the stuff that's going on in the world, not to mention all the stuff in America that's going on, it's like so many things are blocking our view that the battle is not done. God is still on the throne, like we just sang. And uh, he's still in charge of it. Last song. You can stand and sing this one with us, but it'll be a little confession of ours that uh, we're not as faithful as we'd like to be, but God has us covered. can be 
Spirit of love, please wash me anew in the white of your blood. My eyes are dry, my faith is old, my heart is hard, my prayers are cold, and I know how I ought to be alive to you and dead to me. But what can be done for an old heart like mine? Soften it all, the oil and wine, the oil is you, your spirit of love, please wash me anew in the wine of your time. Second Timothy says this. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. May we look for and long for his appearing. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for the night. We'd ask that you'd help us to praise you day in and day out, that when things aren't going so well, that you might hear our honest cries of our hearts, and when they are, that you might hear laud and praise and glory to your name. Lord, help us in our weak times, and bless us well in Jesus' name. Amen.